When an alien dies, does it become a ghost? If honey comes from bees, where do bees come from? All of these questions you can find the answer to on This Paranormal Life! Hey! Yo! Welcome everyone to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week, myself and my co-investigator, Kit Greer, investigate a brand new paranormal story and come to the conclusion, typically within the hour, as to whether or not it is truly paranormal. We have decades of experience behind us, and we leave no piece of evidence untouched. We're thorough, we are dedicated, and uh, we're excited to be coming at you this Tuesday with an absolute banger of a story. That's right, we don't leave any, well, a couple, there was actually a couple of, there's actually a couple of lawsuits ongoing because we were hired for a couple jobs and we did we well we did drop the ball on the on the uh, on the 94 case other than that that was a tight deadline never drop the ball never, never. every piece of evidence we got the f- microscope set actually that time we uh we did a, a case close we said it was an absolute double no there's no way but then actually there was uh, a kid was walking his dog and he found the alien corpse i forgot about that in the field yeah so you know Everyone's got a spotty Yelp record. That's true. That's true. But there otherwise... was also no. There was also the case in two thousand and four. Really? That wasn't even paranormal. I think that was like car theft. I don't know how we got involved with that one, but I think our conclusion was the car wasn't real, which uh, was obviously not true. Yeah, I think I browned out that night, and that was my defense in court. Didn't, <laughs> you stole didn't, it. Didn't work either. So of course. And that's actually all the cases we've ever investigated. Yeah, but we're going to we're gonna wipe the slate clean, all right? Because we got a case so spicy, so interesting, that it blew my mind that we'd never even heard of it before. All right, I'm intrigued. We got an email sent in to thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com from Tracer. Big fan of you in Overwatch, Tracer. Hell yeah. The email said, have you heard of this? My God, it's rife with paranormal adventure. The subject of the email was simply the moon cave. Okay, you you got me. That's a nice combination of words right there. I'd never heard of this before. No. Uh, it does sound like the name for a top secret government operation, moon cave. Mm-hmm. Um, so naturally, I investigated and I discovered something huge, Kit. Let's jump into the story. The year is 1944. And we're in the Tatra Mountains in Slovakia during the National Uprising. A time where Nazi soldiers were occupying Slovakia, patrolling the wilderness and hunting down anyone that opposed them. In the middle of this turmoil, military commander Antonin Horak and his resistance group were locked in a heated skirmish in the Slovakian wilderness. Gunshots and battle cries rang out from both sides as the Slovakian resistance movement fired against the Nazi forces. Commander Horak, the Nazis are advancing. We cannot hold much longer. Hold your ground, Peter. Return the fire. But Horak, I don't think we can... Peter, no! Nazi gunfire rained down on Horak's unit, hitting Peter and the rest of the resistance. Horak going beast mode, picked up a second rifle from the ground and stormed forward, tears in his eyes, until he was shot. Horak dropped to the ground, joining the rest of his unit on the cold forest floor. Rest in peace, brother. Then he woke. 
Horak looked around to find himself still in the woods, surrounded by his fallen comrades. But when he glanced down, he noticed that his wounds had been dressed. In fact, two other soldiers in his unit had also survived, and both of their wounds had been dressed too. It turns out that in the aftermath of the battle, two local villagers had searched the field for survivors, looking to save anyone that was still breathing. It's got to have been an emotional roller coaster. Like, you go from... I mean, pretty much thinking the worst. You're getting rained on with gunfire. You're pretty much thinking the worst of humanity. But then you're saved by these strangers. It's got to restore some faith in humanity right there. When you're charging at the Nazis with two guns, tears in your eyes, you're not. that's your last thing you're going to do. You're not going to live to see another day. So you're just happy to be alive, let alone have your wounds dressed. Goddamn. I mean, this is a problem with this situation is... uh, you, if you're going to have a, a big final moment in war, you've got to make sure you are going to die in the end. Because if he turned to Peter and been like, look, it's the last chance I'm ever going to tell you this. I'm actually pretty into your sister. And then you all get shot. He's like, what? And you all get shot. Right. Because you wanted to get it off your chest. Right. If you kind of come to wounds dressed and Peter is just standing over you. He's like, my sister? Really, really buddy? Really? After oh, everything we've been through together. I think I'm actually bleeding out, dude. No, I'm so- you better be bleeding out because I'm going to make you bleed out if you touch my sister. You want, you want me to die and we're bitter? And you feel you you're angry at me. That's you want me to. I'm well, going. Can I can I just ask where you would plan on taking taking my sister on a date? I was gonna be a gentleman. Oh, I think right? I'm bleeding out here. Okay. Just a little. I'm listening. I mean, if if this sounds good, I'll get the medic. Before I was gonna take her to the ball. Sure. The ball, Peter. Okay. We well, were gonna. What dance. ball is this? One of those CD balls with no, a little, little a touching and grabbing. Gentleman's ball. Okay. And I would I'd graze her, her cheek with my my tender. You watch where you're grazing, all right, all right. You better for, you better say I forgive you before I pass on, Peter. You better say it. You better say you, that you forgive me and that I'm actually pretty cool. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can do that, buddy. You better actually give me permission to date your sister. You're dying. Why do you need I, permission? Just in case I make it, dude. Can you imagine if you were just like, all right, fine. If we make, if you make it out of this alive, you can date my sister. Just stands up perfectly. Thanks, bro. I'm going to call it right now. Just like storms off into the woods. Wipes the fake blood capsules off him. The villagers picked up Horak using makeshift stretchers and began carrying him away into the woods. Using the last of his strength, he asked, Where are you taking me? To a cave, replied the man. It's a secret place. Is there no no hospitals? Why are you taking me to, to a cave? Quiet now. Rest up, soldier. They hit him over the head with a branch. <laughs> I'm going to take your kidneys. Wait, did I say that bit out loud? The three of you will be able to hide and recover there. But as they approached their destination, Horak knew this was no ordinary cave. Something was different. The color of the rocks, the temperature inside, it was strange. Once the men reached their destination, the villager said, You'll be safe here. Not even the Nazis know about this place. But I warn you, do not wander deeper into this cave. The recesses of this ancient place are littered with sudden drops, dangerous cliffsides, poisonous gas pockets, and some villagers even... did you take me here poisonous gas i just got off the battlefield bro 
You don't think I need more chlorine gas? There must have been a better place to go. Leave me in the fields. <laughs> the Nazis are gone. If you escape death by an inch, you don't want to be taken to a poisonous gas cave that is possibly haunted by ghosts. That's what hell is. That's what dying is. Do not so much as look <laughs> in deeper into the cave. Or spikes will come out of the walls. I'll take my chances. I'm going to take my chances actually back in the battlefield. I'm going to maybe see if a wolf will drag me to a better cave. (laughs) Hopefully. The men agreed, but the strange glow of the cave walls and alluring darkness called Horak deeper. He had no intention of keeping his promise. What? We got to cut him some slack. You haven't seen this cave dude it is glowing okay like it's it's the most beautiful alert it is like a siren's call you know that there's like noises weird noises bouncing all over the caves it's like practically whispering like come deeper come deeper come, yeah come deeper. this is like when you're stumbling home drunk 3 a.m and you can just about make out the blurry golden arches of a mcdonald's in the distance say no more bro you just you're drawn to it yeah. people are like it's a bad place their chicken nuggets are made from beaks the and McFlurry shit the flurry machine has been off for days you're like F- off old man I i'll want- take my chances <laughs> there's poisonous gas in the happy meals you just push them out of the way Go meet Ronald. I have to get the Hamburglar collectible toy! The next morning, the chief villager, Slavek, told the three soldiers, I have to return to the village, but you'll be safe here. I'll return later with some supplies. Okay, don't worry about it. Take your time. We'll be here just just relaxing. As the leader left the cave, Horak began to gather his belongings. Psst. Hey, Horak, where are you going? Horak told his fellow soldier that he was going for a walk around the cave, before reciting the traditional Slovakian saying, Snitches get stitches. Uh, That can't be right. It goes back, it does. Right. As Horak hobbled deeper into the cave, he's still pretty f***ed up at this point. He was shot like eight hours ago, so he's still hobbling. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. Instead of regular rock, the walls of this cave had strange mirror-like sheen to them, as if it was entirely made of glass. It wasn't long before he discovered a vent-like hole big enough for him to shimmy through die-hard style. But just like John McClane's Christmas party at Nakatomi Plaza, things were about to get out of control. Horak slid through the small vent to discover a huge cylindrical object set within the rock. It was dark, metallic, and completely smooth like the walls of the cave, but carved into the sides were strange symbols that looked almost like hieroglyphics. He's hit the gas pockets, my friend. He doesn't know what he's seeing. He went too far. (laughs) Without thinking, Horak struck the object with his pickaxe, Fortnite style. A loud thong rung out in the cave, implying that the object was hollow inside. Curiously, even with the hardest hit he could manage, he couldn't even scratch it. Wow. Pretty weird, huh? Yeah. This is very trippy because, as you said, we don't know where his mind is at. Like, we don't know if he's uh, died and is in some kind of f***ed up purgatory. Yeah. Or if he's uh, still alive but seeing things. Yeah, I mean, he's been shot. He's traveled through a weird cave in the dark, probably through a couple poisonous gas clouds uh, at this point. He could be very delirious. 
But there is a bit of a backstory here. The villager's already warning him about this cave, that something's not right here. Yeah. And then he stumbles across this. It does make me think about the local villagers' tactics for uh, getting people to stay out of the caves. Um, I don't know if they have regular visitors, but um, their tactic for getting people to not go in, which was very honest, uh, hasn't worked at all. Turns out telling people do not dare take another step deeper into this cave actually just makes everyone want to go further in immediately. Yeah, I guess the the only thing is maybe this cave is so goddamn alluring that anything you say about it is still not enough. Yeah, I mean, it seems hard for us to imagine that because I've never seen a cave with walls that shiny. Yeah. But yeah, I, I could imagine, you know, you go to a hotel spa and uh one of the workers there the bartender perhaps he's like can i can i get you a drink or anything please uh take a look around um you want a massage uh just so you know hot tub is out of order looks great but it's actually pumping out acid (laughs) yeah so so don't just ignore the hot tub yeah it it, like it's a great temperature it is very relaxing but it does occasionally emit a snake that goes up your asshole yeah so maybe you don't want to do that but that hot tub just looks fantastic and you just got served a mojito and so you want to drink the mojito in the hot tub of of course course. are those some hieroglyphics on the side of this bad boy i think that's that's egyptian for jet powered let me try and read it from underwater (laughs) you can't say no to something like this it's it's that beautiful of a cave (laughs) the hot tub is just teeming with ancient snakes (laughs) It looks borderline relaxing, though. Orak would return to the object over the following days, whenever he got the chance, eventually using belts and rope to climb down on top of the object and slide through a diamond-shaped crack at the top. The inside was shaped like a crescent moon and was covered in what looked like clay and limestone. Orak said that all sounds inside the chamber were unnaturally amplified. So naturally, He fired his gun at the wall to see what would happen. Look, you got sometimes you just got to go back to to the to the olden days experiments, which is firing a gun at something that you don't know what it is. I guess, you know, the the problem here is that we had no scientists on hand. Uh, We had a soldier of fortune. That was the only guy who was ever going to make it this deep in the cave. You know, this is a kind of Indiana Jones fly by the seat of his ass kind of character. I've been saying this for years that more scientific experiments should be basically started with just firing a bullet at the object. Just like a cowboy just unloads six shots. <laughs> yeah. in, like McCree's dead eye yeah. just picking it out. Yeah. The scientist that tries that isn't going to be allowed in any more labs. That's the problem. You only get those six shots before someone takes your gun away forever. <laughs> That's why it hasn't happened. And you're on a list. Yet. You can never own a gun again in any country. And even if you're on a list with a team of other gun-carrying scientists, that's not a list you want to be on. If they're like, "Hey, we're opening up our own lab," you don't want to. You don't want to go in that lab. It's a cowboy saloon. <laughs> hey, guy, <laughs> you're at the bar drinking tequila. When do we uh, start doing experiments? Oh, yeah. Forgot. All right. Uh. <laughs> a guy in a bathtub falls through the roof. 
When the bullet hit the wall, green sparks and smoke shot out like something from a sci-fi movie. God damn. As he slowly walked around the interior of the crescent moon-shaped object, he heard a crunch under his foot. When he looked down, he saw bones. Oh no! The bones of a huge creature. It looked like it was the remains of a large type of bear named the Cave Bear. But even in 1944, this creature had been extinct for about 24,000 years. Holy damn. How long had this cave been untouched? How did these bones survive for so long? What the f is a bear doing inside a UFO? Afraid that someone else would discover this chamber, Horak carefully concealed the vent that led into it so no one else could find the entrance. But lucky for us, he sketched out what the entrance looked like and also some details about the chamber itself. Oh hell yeah! Now these illustrations come straight from the World War II diary of Horak himself. Horak's real? Yeah, this motherfucker is real. He is like a whole... well... I thought all this was made up. No, all of this is taken from Horak's actual World War II diaries. So even these illustrations that I'm showing you are from the, the diary itself. So t take a look at these, kid. Tell me what you think. Okay, so I'm, I'm taking a look at Horak's diary. Right off the bat, the pages are a very satisfying yellow, which, which a good sign. lets you know this is a very old document. So right off the bat... On the top image here, it looks like I'm looking at a cave entrance. Um, looks immediately like a kind of generic, scary cave entrance. Yeah. I'll say. Um, kind of jagged rock teeth lining the top. And then a dark abyss right in the middle. And then, am I right in saying this bottom diagram? We're kind of looking at more of like a map of what's inside the cave. Is that it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's kind of a hard hard thing to describe and to imagine because it is basically a crack you can shimmy through that brings you into a bigger chamber but even this what he's calling a craft that's inside there seems to pretty much almost appear like it's part of the cave itself right like it, he says himself it seems like it's made out of the same material that the cave is as well here. It's almost like, yeah, it's like built into the mountain or it's been there for so long that it's been like sealed in the rock. Right, the rock is formed around it. It's a little bit like a case we discussed in the Baltic Sea where there was a alleged UFO uh, found on the seabed. And I don't know if you remember, but they uh, sent a dive team down to test it and it turned out uh, it was 100% rock. Right, I do remember this. So yeah. the only paranormal explanation was that uh, it had been there for so long, it had become rock. Yeah, which I think there was always going to be a paranormal explanation. If they'd done a scan sure. and it turned out to be 100% fish, they probably would have said it's been down there so long, it's fish now. It's fish now. Yeah. <laughs> this is insane. The, the craft itself has become a... A salmon. <laughs> He's eating it for dinner. Marvelous. Incredible. From another universe. It's the best salmon I've ever tasted. Uh, yeah, there was always going to be a paranormal explanation. And um, I think this is why this case is interesting. Because I think there's enough stuff from these diaries to make it feel like this is paranormal. Not just part of the cave itself. The fact right. that shooting the walls creates green smoke and sparks... 
that there are strange markings, strange markings on the inside of this craft. It's almost as if whatever this thing is has been sealed in the cave walls like Han Solo uh, in Star Wars in that weird uh, metal that they seal people in like special Pokemon cards. And disturbingly, we had that footnote about the fact that there was a 24,000 year old cave bear buried somewhere yeah, near this. don't uh don't hold so on so this that. craft no if, i don't if that's what we are going to call it today that's is just like a minor at thing. least twenty thousand years old are we right to assume the the bear himself was piloting this craft are bears aliens who knows some people think jellyfish came uh from another planet it's true. Um, I'm not sure what the justification behind that is. It, I think it's something along the lines of their genetic makeup is so unique to every other yeah. creature on Earth that they're like, no, it's it's from a it's from space. It's <laughs> goo. There's nothing else like this. It's Worms, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I've this heard... is my this is my my like lecture at Harvard. I don't know how I got this, but I'm just up here with a picture of a jellyfish on a PowerPoint. Are, Are you, you kidding, kidding me? me? It's f***ing goo, guys. Halfway through the lecture, the professor that you knocked out and took his outfit stumbles onto That's the stage security. in his Can underwear. I, I can't believe this. this. Are you, you seeing this, guys? Big, Big Jelly is trying to take, take down, down the whistleblower. In his underwear, like, they're not made of jelly. <laughs> it's a very complex biological organism. It's too late. I've turned the crowd. Jelly, jelly, jelly. jelly. Rise, my sea monsters! Bow to our jelly lords! <laughs> you're, you're, you're in a suit that's five sizes too big for you. <laughs> your f***ing sleeves are all, like, over your arms. It's goo! <laughs> the suit is also dripping wet because I've obviously come straight from the aquarium where I jumped in the tank and tried to wrestle a jellyfish. Now, Horak was eventually rescued. But the thoughts of that strange place he referred to as the Moon Cave would stick with him for years. It wasn't until 1965 that he published an article about the Moon Cave and everything he saw, inspiring adventurers from all over the world to try and hunt it down. I guess the bar for submitting articles was a little lower back then. That if you just showed up and you were like, hey, I saw a weird cave in the mountains once. It's like, cool. Is it 3,000 words long? Awesome. They're like, we don't want to hear from it. He's like, excuse me, I am a veteran. They're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Let him say what he wants. Whatever. It's easier if you just let him say what he wants. The craft was 20 feet wide. Oh, me. The bear, 30. <laughs> oh, Jesus. In fact, Horak was even interviewed by Dr. J. Allen Hynek. If that name sounds familiar to you, it should be. Dr. J. Allen Hynek has popped up in dozens, if not more, of our previous investigations as, of course, one of the leaders of Project Blue Book. Wow, we just cannot escape this guy. He just hoovers up all the paranormal tales. Having a paranormal story that mentions Dr. J. Allen Hynek is like getting that Nintendo quality seal of approval. Stunk, do Nintendo like, even do that anymore? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe they don't. Maybe they gave up. Well, we're, we're, we've got the Project Blue Book uh, seal of approval. Interesting. I'm hoping that people who are listening to this podcast already know what Project Blue Book is about because we've talked about it a lot in the past. But um, the brief synopsis is, is that it was a government secret operation to investigate specifically 
UFOs. Which is strange, Kit. Why would a government operation that specifically investigates UFOs be interested in a mysterious cave? Very strange. What do they know that we don't? They think it's plausible, indeed possible, that some UFO artifacts might have ended up in a cave in Europe? Yeah. I mean, the fact that when this information went public, this was the the organization that was designated to investigate this very interesting super interesting because it could have been i don't really know a lot about it, a lot of other secret departments but uh they gotta have one on caves caves are pretty friggin' weird it's they're pretty it's, dark and spooky it's and a bats living tricky them. uh toss-up isn't it because you got either like the forest service yeah or project blue book <laughs> fighting over the same case yeah it'd be great if the forest service were like Look, technically, guys, it's in a forest. It's our jurisdiction. We're going to take it from here. They walk in like 20 feet and there's like a little huddle of alien greys <laughs> with guns. Never mind. You guys, this is actually pretty f***ing weird to find in a forest. I feel much more comfortable if you guys take this one. Like, we'll go back to what we know. Looking after trees. They go to like cut some branches off a tree the tree just gets up and like runs away like an ent from lord of the rings <laughs> when did this forest get so <laughs> weird this used to be a simple job i didn't graduate college i'm not equipped for this so what did horak find out in that strange wilderness there are a couple popular theories online, and I thought we could go through a few of them to try and get an idea uh, as we head towards our conclusion as to what this could possibly be. Let's go. The first theory is, is this the work of an ancient alien civilization? Now this cave is too old and too massive to be made by humans, not even considering that the walls are made of magic and can shoot green sparks. Paranormal enthusiasts believe it could possibly be a huge lens that amplifies cosmic energy out into space. Or possibly, as we discussed, that the strange chamber contains the remains of an alien ship. I like that we're starting off hot. We're going in straight to the, the really wild paranormal explanations here. Yeah, I mean, they're only going to get wilder as well. So this is actually pretty tepid. I do love that idea, places on this earth having bizarre and so far unknown um, kind of extraterrestrial relevance to the universe. Yeah. That there could be some cave out there that's made of some specific material that aliens know of. Yeah. That if aliens came to earth today, they wouldn't land in Times Square because they wouldn't care about that. They'd be like, no, we're going to go where the phlegragmomite <laughs> cave is. Right, yeah. Every planet in this solar system has a phlegragmomite cave. Yeah. And that's where all knowledge in the solar system is located. Yeah, it's like, oh, you think we're going to land somewhere else and max out our bonk chongos? You, you clown. They still oh, say clown <laughs> in the alien galaxy. Well, you've got to keep your bonk chongos low. You're going to go to a place like this where the cosmic energy is basically being beamed to space. This is their airport. Hell yeah. Alternatively, you know, if we're saying that this is uh, the remnants of an alien craft, was this cave caused by an alien ship smashing into the earth, uh, you know, just 
injecting a tunnel into the core mm. where it eventually stopped lining the walls with space fuel and creating this beautiful uh, mirror-like uh, cave system. It's interesting to think of these kind of uh, geological hints of astronomical events. And I have heard previously of there being layered around the Earth in different locations, some kind of uh, like shock crystal or diamond, these, these kind of objects with a crystal structure that only occur where maybe a nuclear blast has taken place or where a meteorite crashed with Earth and the literal Earth itself was smooshed into specific crystal forms. And when scientists see these, they go, okay, holy crap, something massive has happened here. Right, that's quite interesting. Maybe this cave is something like that. This is something that would never happen without extraterrestrial intervention. Yeah, it's basically like showing up to a crime scene but the crime was against Mother Earth <laughs> looking at the remnants of what happened and drawing a conclusion as to how it ended up like this. It's kind of like, yeah, when you see like huge uh, lakes or caverns and a lot, there's many of them where people can be like, yeah, this is because essentially a meteorite smashed into the Earth. And that's why there's this huge dent uh, that's, that's been filled up with water, which is crazy. Um, I do like this theory. I like it a lot. Um, but we do have others to entertain. One of the other options is that possibly what the village elder said was true. Was this cave just straight up haunted? Created not through alien technology, but by paranormal means. Spells, curses, crushing up frogs and beetles and friggin' newt eyes okay. in a cauldron and drinking it down like an ice latte. Okay, I, I you know can't think of any reasons we've come across so far why that might be the case um but hey i like it it's witches and wizards are involved i'm there yeah this is this is saying uh that it wasn't created um artificially that possibly this is the cause of something more supernatural mm. you know those hieroglyphics carved in the walls could have been you know spells it could have been you know, wizardry or something involved in the creation of these mirror walls. It's a weird cave. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but moving on to our final possibility, the one that I've saved for last, and for a good reason, Kit, is this possibly an entrance to the underground world of Agartha, known as the Hollow Earth? Look, I know I can get sort of carried away when I start talking about the Hollow Earth. Sure, I'll be the first person to admit that. But do you really think that it's a coincidence that Horak ran into Nazi forces so close to the cave itself? This is you on the dock defending yourself in court. <laughs> like, we didn't ask about Agartha, whatever the f*** that is. We've, I, we've looked into uh, the Hollow Earth. Not extensively enough i believe on this podcast <laughs> i before. think extensively enough I merely think absolutely several times enough. without ever doing a full investigation into it itself. i think without ever coming down on a yes as well uh well you know th there's been some some uh, resistance from parties involved in uh, whether or not it does exist whether or sure. not it's real not real whether or not uh hitler was hidden away in the hollow earth where people can live up yeah. to 400 years old that's right buddy um, so I don't know if even you gave that so, a guess. 
I'm just saying, isn't it a little strange that the Nazis were in an area? Yes, of course, there was definitely uh, political and regional reasons why they were at this exact location in the world. It actually makes a ton of sense. But it's also pretty coincidental that they were treading right around the corner from possibly an entrance to Agartha, the Hollow Earth. Especially when we know from previous episodes that they went all the way to Antarctica to hunt for an entrance to the Hollow Earth. Interesting. So how many entrances are there to the Hollow Earth? Do we know this? Classified. You could just say if you don't know. I am an, I'm not at liberty to say. I From plead who? the fifth. I refuse. I also don't know. Sure. Okay. I should have led with that maybe yeah. at the start. Well, Antarctica is one. That's like the main one that people talk about underneath the ice. Makes sense. There's the, the you can go uh, submerge underneath the ice and reach a hidden entrance. Uh, I believe there's also one maybe in New Mexico mm. where uh, there is a very intricate cave system that we've talked about before where it's believed that possibly uh, ancient aliens uh, use the underground cave system to hide from uh, geological events. I remember that cave system. Yeah. That's I, messed up. They were that like real. They were like ant people, I think, yeah. or ants or called something like that referred to. Um, and then you have um, cases like this, where it's a strange cave or a weird cavern um, that people really don't know how it exists or what it's made of. And if it's a big hole that goes into the earth and it f***ing glows like a disco ball, then yeah, it probably leads to Agartha, the ancient world. Why does it need to glow like a disco ball? Aren't they trying to keep themselves quiet down there? Agartha is like a Vegas club. It is a non-stop party. They don't have a sun. It's inside. It's constant nighttime. They want to. Well, they don't want to get people in. They actually, actually very make, much want to keep people away. Point. But it's like a. It's like a prehistoric party with ancient humans. It's like the Vegas Strip getting into this place. It's kind of funny to think that, like, you know, yes, they need to keep people out so that their community is safe. But they also need to keep their people in. And by doing that, they need to make it a pretty dope, fun place to be. Yeah. So there are strip malls. There are casinos. It is a 24-7 party so that no one ever needs to leave. I have a... You can actually look up our uh, artistic interpretations of what Agartha looks like. Uh, it's wild. I would definitely recommend it. <laughs> it's it's bonkers. It's so strange. We're going to have to do an episode on it eventually because there's like full-on maps of what it, what is in the inside of <laughs> the earth. It's so absurd. You've, it's wild. So you've been there. You've seen it. It's you've a, got the map. It's basically a theme park <laughs> drawing where it's like, here's a little mountain. Then here's a there's the lazy river over here uh, on the, I don't know, right on the flip side of China. It's very bizarre. We'll have to do something on it. But it is one of just many options that we have to consider today in this case. Now, I will say the other side of the coin here, caves are wild. Mm -hmm. There's ice caves, crystal caves. There's a cave in New Zealand where there's so many glow worms on the ceiling. It looks like you're in space. <laughs> I, I did some Googling uh, into caves and there's some pretty crazy ones out there that very much exist within the confines of our reality uh, without having been built by an ancient alien. 
We also need to take into consideration that Horak, if he did exist and these diaries are true, he was shot a day earlier. Um, he could be delirious from poisonous gas. He could have borderline been looking at his dirty reflection in a cave puddle and gone, the, the prehistoric bear, she lives today. I see the secrets <laughs> of the universe. And also there are, you know, undiscovered uh, man-made mysteries to this earth. I posted not that long ago in the This Paranormal Life Facebook page with a link to a story that basically like a farmer, I believe, in rural China um, wanted to drain like a swamp bit of his of his land yeah. and uh, accidentally discovered an ancient underground network of uh, kind of ancient Egyptian level Chinese caves with huge hieroglyphics and statues hundreds of feet under the ground. And how the f*** don't we know about these? That's insane. How haven't we discovered all of those things? But they are there. This is what kind of gives me a little bit of hope and gets me excited. Because we feel like there's like that saying that uh, we are the generation that was kind of uh, born too late to explore the earth, too early to explore the stars. That's right. It's like a miserable existence where we're all, where we're all trapped here and there's nothing new to do. Uh, so I get inspired when I hear about these stories where it's like, hey, under your feet right now could basically be an entire cave system built by an ancient civilization that no one has even checked for yet. It's crazy. It's fascinating. We need to just start digging more places randomly. Yeah, I noticed just you actually... digging holes. You started in my garden. I, I felt that was a weird place to start. Correction. You didn't... You didn't I started in your kitchen. You what? Yeah. I tried to make headway right in the freaking behind your sink. Um, oh my f God. We haven't had running water for days. Are you f kidding me? Yeah. I, I have been able to bathe. I've been drinking nothing but Coca-Cola for days. I tried to kind of like break through your hardwood floor. Right. But it turned out underneath your hardwood floor was actually really hard cement as well. Yeah, that's called foundations, bud. Yeah. Under that, though, rock. Yeah. Sure. Under that, though. How deep did you go? When I get through the rock, I'll tell you what's underneath it. But you can stop. There's nothing there. I've got my... I'm just in your your kitchen with my Indiana Jones cosplay whip. Every time you break through to a new lair, you're like, this is it. You cue up the Indiana Jones theme tune. <laughs> So yeah, who knows? I, I would encourage all of our listeners to uh, just explore more. Explore more of the world. Let's go out and find some caves. Not just because the commune is at capacity. and We would really appreciate some sort of cave-like system where we can kind of, very similar to cicadas, uh, just bury ourselves away in the dirt, uh, only emerging to f*** each other. And we would also encourage people just leaving to explore just leaving just reducing the number of people in the commune well it's kind of tough because we have like a door a locked door policy right um we have one of those like revolving doors uh -huh. but uh the velocity in which it spins is almost deadly mm -hmm. you can't leave you would be you'd be blended frankly if you tried to escape uh so we'll try and get that thing slowed down but in the if, in the meantime if everyone could just uh just just chill just chill for a little bit that would really do me some favors ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash Paranormal Life. So we've kind of reached the end of our episode today into... The Moon Cave, the Slovakian Moon Cave. Kit, I not only provided you with some physical evidence, the diary entries and illustrations themselves, but also some possible conclusions as to what this cave could possibly be. Uh, what are your thoughts on this case? It's a super tricky one, Rory, because we have a good witness here, a man of valor, a man who risked his life for his country on the battlefield. Um, this isn't some, you know, uh, drunken hick who uh, stumbled upon some kind of UFO uh, relic, and we just and we just cannot trust their judgment. This guy has nothing left to lose. He almost lost his life out there. Yeah. And yet he is saying he has come back from the brink of death with evidence of some kind of seemingly alien technology. Uh, at the same time, at the same time. Whilst we have his drawings of uh, what this cave looked like, what he found inside, am I right in saying no one has rediscovered this cave? Uh, you are right in saying that. Uh, directly after um, this war, I believe the political climate of the area was still very uh, tense and considered quite dangerous, uh, not to mention exploring this wilderness itself. Um, in the diary entries, even though the descriptions of what was inside the cave are quite specific, as you saw. The actual location itself uh, was very vague. He did say it was in between a couple of places and mentioned mm -hmm. some maybe uh, geological factors as to how you would locate it. But um, even with adventures in the last, I don't know, 50 years going out and hunting for it, no one has managed to rediscover uh, the cave, which is interesting because... 
uh, he mentioned in the diary entries that when he left, he covered the entrance to the strange uh, chamber that he discovered. But it sounds like the cave itself is still pretty much up for grabs. Yeah. It's lighting up the night. Which poses a, a quandary because you would hope that because he lived to tell the tale, indeed, 20 years later, wrote about the story uh, in an article that he would have been the guy, if there was anyone to do it, to go and prove its existence yeah. by leading a mission back there, which did not happen. I think he moved to America in the later years of his life, right? which is maybe where he got in touch with Dr. J. Allen Hynek. That makes sense. So I think he was pretty much, I ain't going back there. I've seen all I've seen. I've done my doodles. You guys can go try and find it if you want. Which is interesting that he alerted, you know, the guys behind Project Blue Book because it does leave open a small possibility that maybe we ain't heard of any more investigations because they looked into it and never told anyone. That's what you gotta ask. That's what you gotta ask. Is there a reason why we haven't had more people out looking for this cave? Maybe it's because they did find it, Kit, and they don't want us to know anything about it. And they've been reverse engineering the technology from that cave for decades. Where do you think hair dryers came from? Where do you the think, cave. Where do you think hoovers come from? The cave. It's mostly air-blowing technologies. Yeah. The, the miniature fan that you use in summer on the train? The, the cave. cave. Roombas. You know they came from the cave. Oh, yeah. 100%. They ruled the cave. They were the gods of the cave. If you peel back the stickers on a Roomba, there's actually some ancient hieroglyphics <laughs> written in there. That's how they work. Uh, I think it's an interesting case because, as you said, this isn't your uh, your typical kind of tipsy redneck out in the middle of heck knows where. Um, you know, this is someone who who was fighting the Nazis. They have nothing to lose, but they also have nothing to gain. Uh, surviving a battle like this after the war, you, you are a hero. You are decorated. There is no reason, really, why you'd need to also say, by the way, after the war, I found a spaceship this in a them cave. Putting the medal <laughs> around his neck. Yeah, he thinks that he's here to give a speech. It's like, we just want you to take the medal. He's like, Ooh. You'd actually, actually be pretty, pretty interested, interested to know that after the war... Listen, somebody, I can take this somebody metal get him off. Somebody get him off. <laughs> I actually was in a cave for a couple days drinking cave water. He's making the army look bad. No one's going to want to join the army. And in that cave, I came across something you're all going to want to know about. It begins with a U and ends in a foe. That's quite enough. <laughs> they shoot him with a laser blaster. <laughs> Take him to the cave. <laughs> you said that into the mic. <laughs> Someone blast him. <laughs> None of you saw that. Take them all to the cave. <laughs> Starts blasting the crowd. Jewel wielding laser blast. <laughs> A cave bear comes out. Jewel laser guns. Peel, peel. Yeah, he has nothing to gain from this. He also has nothing to lose from this. It's a very strange uh, situation to be in. Um, why anyone would, would go on the record and possibly sully their reputation as a hero with coming out with such a strange claim. It's my understanding that um, aside from this article he wrote, he didn't really pursue it uh, in any other form. No right. books, no TV shows. Obviously, it was a bit early for that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, no real personal interest in why this story would succeed or not, which is always great. Um, but it's time. It's time, Kit. We got to go into the caves. The cave of conclusions and uh, grab something in the darkness and drag it out to the light. 
What are you thinking today, Kit? That's right, Rory. We are posed with a quandary. We have a very a trustworthy witness. We have written evidence from the time of the sighting of this cave. And yet we are left with any other second opinion on this, anything else that might back it up, anyone else that might have stumbled upon it, anyone else that might have looked into this other than Project Blue Book, which is certainly up for debate in a future episode. Um, But it unfortunately doesn't leave us with, I believe, enough physical evidence to say that this cave is first even real or second full of alien technology. And for that reason, for me today, it's got to be a no that makes sense that is fair um yeah a case like this this is where we really need a little bit more physical evidence um horak himself seems to be the only one of the soldiers that ventured deeper into the caves uh as we said his experiences could be a little bit questionable uh due to the state that he was in mm-hmm. um i mean if i had recently been shot and was stumbling around a dark cave with maybe just a little torch. Even if the the walls were wet and the light was shining off them, it would look pretty cool. <laughs> you know, there, there's especially in, I don't remember how long it was later that he wrote that article, but that's a lot of time for your memory to kind of play up the experience that you had yeah. for sure. Um, I think unfortunately uh, this week for me, it's also going to be a no. Um, This case did bring up a lot of similarities between one of our super old cases that I loved, which was uh, Neil Armstrong going on the hunt for the Metal Library. It's one of the best. Got to go back and listen if you haven't heard that one. One of the best, maybe in terms of content, not necessarily mic quality. Uh, I don't know how (laughs) old that episode was. But uh, it's pretty much oh, one of the originals. it's episode three. It's <laughs> no, three it's or not. Four. It's no way. It's something like that. Jesus. Yeah. Um, but it was a great episode. I think it actually might have been a double yes. Um, mm. Because the evidence that was supplied along with that case was so convincing that without even having a picture or the coordinates to the cave itself, we were pretty confident that at least something weird was out there. Um, and it was a double yes. Unfortunately, with this case, the opposite is true. There's just not enough, I think, for me to uh, put my reputation on the line as a paranormal investigator and say that this cave does exist. But what a case. If it does... What a cave. What a cave. Uh, I encourage all of our listeners to just book a random flight to uh, uh, Slovakia and just start digging. Right. Even if it's in the airport. Some of you will start in the airport. Some of you will make it outside. I want like a. We could get a couple people at my house, and Rory's made a start, but I really think he might be onto something here. I really think so. I saw a shimmer when I put a little hit in the floor. That uh, was that was actually the, the metal from the sink, but uh, but um, there might be more. There could be more. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. If you love the show and you want to show your support, there's a very easy way that you can do it. First off. Why not head over to iTunes, or I guess it's not iTunes, it's like the Apple Podcasts. Yeah, uh, Apple app, Podcasts. Whatever it is, y'all know what it is. And uh, drop a little a little five-star review. No no less. We insist it's five stars. Any less and... and Just keep walking. <laughs> keep walking, buddy. Uh, that's a very easy and free way to support the show, is a nice review, um, which we really do appreciate, and uh, makes us look good. 
And if you want a little extra and want to see even more of the podcast, why don't you head over to... Gee, I never remember what our YouTube channel is called. YouTube.com forward slash This Paranormal Life. Life, 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 where you can check out the hottest clips from every episode of the week. You get to see our beautiful faces. And um, yeah, it's just like a great way to catch up on some of the highlights of uh, the episodes that we upload. And finally, of course, last but not least, if you want your Willy Wonka style golden ticket to get into the the paranormal commune. This is a place where the biggest and hottest and sexiest minds all get together to uh, to just hang out, share an egg, and just you know sing sing songs around the campfire. It's like if all the members of Mensa took acid and went to Burning Man. <laughs> that it's is a great description. Geniuses getting wasted. What is a better way to get people involved than that? If you are a genius who listens to this podcast and wants to get wasted with us, <laughs> you can join the paranormal commune. Over. You've got a few brain cells to burn. <laughs> we're, not, we're not actually that picky. If you're dumb as all hell, <laughs> you'll probably fit in a lot quicker. Uh, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. We don't run any ads on this show. Uh, the only way that we, we get uh, financial support and keep this train chugging is from the direct support from you guys, our listeners. Uh, but you also get a lot of cool stuff back with that support. For just a few bucks a month, you can get access to a whole backlog of paranormal bonus episodes uh, just released inside the Paranormal Commune. You can also get your very own Paranormal Commune uniform. Um, it is compulsory to wear these when you're on the inside uh, just to keep the, 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 um, the playing field leveled. We all wear the same thing. So there's no hierarchy. Yes. Right, except for us. The robes. We yeah, have the golden have robes, the robes. Uh, and the crown as well. Um, but that is just... I barely even wear the thing. It's borderline. It's tough. honestly ceremony, but... Um, it's base. And yes, ceremonies happen. Most days. Most days. Nine hours a day, seven days a week. Tax day is a ceremony, and that's nigh on every day. So. Yeah. And then we have the, um, the bi-weekly egg festival. Mm-hmm. where um everyone sometimes gets an egg mm-hmm. uh we haven't been able to fulfill those promises recently because there's been a bit of a shortage because uh and yeah look a lot of people have been pointing out that as soon as the eggs went away the crowns appeared but we would like to tell people for the record we did not sell all the eggs for the crown no the, the rumor goes that we wanted a whole bunch of new chickens to lay a whole bunch of eggs yeah and then the rumor goes that we were scammed and these were male chickens roosters, roosters. in fact yeah, it's the technical so term. they just woke everyone up at uh well the rumor goes at the crack of dawn and produced no f-ing eggs yeah uh it's just a rumor it's just a rumor and uh we actually wanted people to start waking up at 6 a.m. every day. I think everyone's a little more chirpier for it, uh, which is great. So as you can tell, everyone's having a great time with the Paranormal Commune. Uh, you're going to love it. Come ahead and, and join in on the fun. Uh, if you do want to get involved, what we have is a special little clip from one of our monthly bonus episodes just to give you a little taste of what you can get if you come on over to Patreon.com. So enjoy. So I do have one story on this 
topic. Okay. I haven't spent a lot of time in laboratories. Okay. But at school, I did biology and we, in A-level, studied how genetics works in insects in particular. And it's pretty fascinating. We went outside one day. We collected a bunch of flies. We brought them inside. How? Ah, in a jar or something it's pretty nuts the reason you use flies is because they reproduce so fast we put them in a little kind of uh glass box and basically they'll kind of hang out and breed with each other so you come back like you watched flies each other i didn't say that i said we set up a camera and sure we made it premium on pornhub (laughs) granted and we got made a few bucks out of the whole thing but Basically, a week later, we were able to see that the new flies exhibited the traits of both pairs of flies. Basically, you had, uh, you know, the male flies that had these long bodies and then the female flies maybe had these like short legs. And then you had babies that had the long bodies and the short legs. That's crazy. So you were able to see genetics happening right in front of your eyes within a week or so. Uh, Pretty fascinating. So we took down these final results stoked with our findings basically we had been studying these flies by um i think we pumped in like a little kind of of this gas that stunned them we would put them under the microscope and look at their characteristics and then put them back in the box they would wake up um so we got all the results we needed our coursework was looking great and i said to my teacher well what do we do with them do we take them back outside to to where we found them and he was like, literally spinning his glasses. He was like, um, I suppose just gas them into the next life. <laughs> you shouldn't even, you shouldn't say it like that. Yeah. Gas them into the next life. Yeah. That's, that's disturbing. So it's not a million miles away from a panic kill. Panic killing goes all the way back to GCSE level science. Yeah. That almost seems like more effort to gas a flight of death we got open a window literally outside the building like it would have taken two seconds to not murder them also seems weird to kind of like make such a point of the 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 beautiful biological miracle which is the mixing of genes of even two insects that seem so minuscule in this world that shows the reproductive system that fuels us that fuels all biological life he grabs a hammer <laughs> Now, as you can see, the fly's blood also shares similarities between the two parents. He starts smearing it on his face. I love the smell of blood in the morning. Now go out. Go out, children, and find me meerkats. Meerkats to breed. Absolutely not. Stop gassing meerkats. That's wild. Yeah, I always thought, because it's not a huge thing over here in the UK, but like dissecting frogs and stuff yeah. is a big thing. In like, or at least it is in pop culture in American high schools. Definitely huge in America. I think it does happen here. Um, I seem to remember we were... I don't want to sc- dissect a frog. I seem to remember we were scheduled to do it in school. And I think something came up that, that we missed that lesson. But I think they do do it. They're like, sorry, we have to cancel it. Someone gassed all the frogs. <laughs> <laughs> Teacher, man. I don't know what happened. <laughs> he was about to pull the trigger they're like all these frogs are gonna die they're going to be cut open he's like not soon enough
<laughs> oh man what a great that was actually a really good bonus episode That's I, I love that one uh if you did enjoy that clip and you want to get involved all of the links for everything that we've talked about are in the description of this podcast right now you can just kind of unlock your phone check it out click one of those links and it'll take you right there and if you do support us on patreon what we'd like to do is give you a little special sneaky shout out at the end of the podcast so Thank you too. John L. Tallow. John L. John L. John L. John L. I'm begging of you, please don't take my egg. Oh, I had to work very hard for that egg, John L. And <laughs> it's my ticket out of this place, to be honest, because the, the only way anyone's getting through those revolving doors is if they pay the egg tax. <laughs> Thank you to Daniel Cassidy. Daniel Cassidy always cheated in classity. Ooh. Yeah, always like cheating tests. Even in subjects you can't even cheat, like art. He was yeah. trying to like bring in paintings that he just bought in a store. And they were like, you can't, we know this isn't you. It's signed by another artist. You can't cheat art. Also, is this a priceless Van Gogh? I mean, this how is, did you how get did this? You, you cheated the local museum <laughs> also? <laughs> Thank you to Jessica Huss. Jessica Huss doesn't want no fuss. Even when she does something cool, I think the other week she like stopped a bank robbery. Right. Um, that was that was going on. She just entered the bank, knocked out the uh, the robber, walked away, and she's like, "Hey, no fuss, no fuss." So I'm just Papa, doing my. Anyone would have done it. The news, newspaper, the papagenos. They were like, "Hey, can we get your photo for the front of the paper?" No, absolutely not. No fuss. I wasn't even here. You're truly a hero, Jessica. Thank you to Thomas. Thomas is all about the fuss. <laughs> I'll be honest. Thomas, you haven't done a lot to have the, Nothing. the, the commendation and have the celebration, um, but he wants all the accolades and the fuss. He's the dude that, you know, does that flick with a water bottle where it spins and lands back sure. on the table, and he's like, Hey, boys! Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, man. It's like, yeah, we, we, we all saw it, man. It was pretty crazy. He loves the fuss. Thank you to Colton Adrian. They call him Molten Colton because he's hot like lava, baby. Jesus. Hot to touch, hot to love, hot to even just be around. He's like the friggin' sun. <laughs> it's like a pretty intense guy. I don't he's know. real intense. I want to be around uh, him, Is lava intense yeah it is yeah it is so molten colton's actually pretty wild Jesus. i wouldn't invite him into the house yeah it sounds like he just melted through the door what oh yeah you can't stop the lava baby he's just lava man that's his catchphrase thank you also to kareen belair kareen is the fresh queen of belair <laughs> Uh, and she rules Bel Air with an iron fist. Ooh, it's a weird, it's a weird thing where you know the rest of the country is run like a democracy and yeah. is run by mayors and presidents and all that. But, but, but the Bel Air area is run by a queen. And she has peasants and she is brutal to them. A lot like the paranormal commune. I'm hearing. <laughs> you have any tips for being a brutal ruler, Karin? Please send them through. Thank you also to Cameron Shaw. Cameron Shaw is quick on the draw. Uh, sketching, that is. Oh. Drawing. Yeah. Like, very fast. Pencil out, and can sketch you like a flower. Or, yeah. Sketching a flower. 
He turns like, around <laughs> the easel to you, and it's just a bullet hole and a canvas. <laughs> That's not a drawing, Cameron. Thank you to Andrew Riley. Andrew, I really appreciate all the support you've given us on Patreon. I really do. That's that's nice of you to say. Getting a little Australian there, um, but really, I do mean it. Everything that you've okay, given now us you're before, just trying to do the I, I, I really do appreciate it, mate. <laughs> Everyone knows how great our Australian accent is, so I just felt uh, I needed to bring it back. People. People often Riley wonder knows. if we're actually from Melbourne. But, yeah. Uh, no, we're just... I don't know, it just comes to us. It just comes to us, mate. Cheers, Riley. Thank you to Naomi. Naomi owes me a pony. <laughs> because I had a precious pony that Naomi uh, said she would borrow for just five minutes, she said. Just five minutes. I'm literally yeah. just. I'm literally just gotta run an errand. Gotta go to the post office. I said, if it's so close, why do you need the pony? She said, trust me, bro. She she did have at the time all of her worldly possessions in a bag well, as I well. I thought she was gonna post them first class. Sure. Strange though. I mean, there wasn't she, a post she office. She did have. She did have multiple days supplies and writing equipment. Sure. Yeah. There wasn't a post office anywhere close either. No, so we're in the middle of the countryside. Why do you have a pony? I was born on a pony farm. I did not know that about They you. thought I was a pony. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. For the first couple sense. years of life. Because I came out of the womb neighing and, <laughs> and kind of... Begging for hay. <laughs> took the words out of my snout. I told Naomi, yes, you may borrow my sister... For a short ride. <laughs> so you are related to a pony. <laughs> she didn't bring the pony back. Cruel, but fair. Thank you to Jordan. Jordan, you have been awarded king <laughs> of the Commune Egg Festival. Uh, which sounds like a very generous, uh, incredible title to be given. It is, in fact, you now who is in charge of wrangling the loose lizards and squeezing eggs from their buttholes. I don't understand where an egg comes from. But I'm told <laughs> by the previous uh, wardens of the eggs, yes. <laughs> wardens of the egg, the ancient or <laughs> the ancient order of the paranormal commune. Warden Jordan, the warden of the egg. <laughs> Warden Jordan, you will be hoarding the eggs. <laughs> Thank you to Susie Flatch. Boozy Susie, a legend in the paranormal commune for ma making the most delicious alcoholic eggnog you've ever had in your life. Um, these days, the ingredients are mostly nog. Hold Just the nog. egg. <laughs> um, for no reason in particular. So it's pretty much rum in a cup right. with a bit of eggshell. Jesus. It's a crunchy delight, it really is. I, I, I insist you try some. <laughs> the only egg bit about it is you drink it out of an, a used eggshell. Thank you to Oscar Romo. Oscar Romo Romo. He doesn't know what love is, but he knows a good podcast when he hears one. I Honestly, think that was... that's a better... Uh, characteristics to have and knowing what love is. Yeah, love is overrated, but a good podcast is there every week. We don't let you down. Maybe we did once. We're sometimes a little late, but we always show up. Don't worry, Romo. Thank you to Megan Holtrop. 
Megan Holtrop is short for Megan Holotropic Breathing. Uh, that's right, Megan is a master of this obscure ancient breathing practice Ooh. that by uh, lying in your bed and hyperventilating for two to three hours, you can travel to some kind of astral plane. Wow. Two to three hours? That's quite, is there like a fast pass for the astral plane? Like a Disney-style like premium tickets for that you will need to talk to megan's brother keith oh who has mastered the ancient art of um banging your head on the coffee that's table that's right so <laughs> actually much. you joke but that that's what it is he knocks you out and you go to the astral plane in about two seconds yeah. it's pretty fast thank you to david drilling court david brought a drill to court it wasn't relative Don't to the that. case. Oh, uh, it had nothing to do with it's why borderline a weapon. It is a weapon. He certainly tried to use it as one. <laughs> he begged and pleaded that it's not a weapon. I'm a handyman by trade. Uh, it was a bad idea. It was a bad idea. Thank you also to Anya Moist. Anya, out of everyone we've mentioned today, I love you the most. Any reason? <laughs> They're just the most grateful for the show every week. They're the most supportive and the most I'm getting further away from it every time I say it moist loving well that actually makes it they also sense. give the moist money okay that's and that's like a that's, big part of the love a bit more believable. yeah thank you to Ray Garza Ray Garza from Agartha that's <laughs> right with a name like that I know that you're a freaking 20 foot tall 400 year old human what? from the ancient hollow earth itself brother where's the tunnel I've been looking for a long time here I'd really appreciate a little heads up even if it's just like tell me what tube stop to get off at you think it's in London well it's a good start if it's in China I'll probably get off at Cockfosters or one of the ones way out there. Stratford. I don't think that's a good start. Stratford? You really Maybe. Think? If it's... I think you need to add on east. about, what, 8,000 miles? It's a, yeah, but it's... if it's Yeah, because actually if I want to go to... If it is in China, I probably actually want to go to Heathrow, uh, which is actually out west, because I can get to Heathrow Airport. So even though Stratford is the right direction... It's pretty wrong, because I don't is. think London City Airport flies to freaking China. All right, so I'm bet we're talking a lot of local London uh, transport here. but uh, You stop talking, you look around, and everyone else in London has already got into Agartha and shut the doors. <laughs> what? You're the last person. I'm on Oxford Street. <laughs> what? Thank you to Thomas Asbeck. Thomas, we don't need you to be Thomas the Tank Engine. We need you to be Thomas the Blank Checkson. <laughs> We're in the hole, Thomas, for a pretty large amount. Uh, and we need we need to write a check that you can't cash. That's how much money we need. Now that I say it, then there would actually be no point in, in receiving the check for you if you're not good for the cash. Um... So we might have a little bit of a problem here. We're going to need you to actually take out a very high interest loan, Thomas. That'll actually be better for us. So uh, we, we, we appreciate Why high interest? How could that possibly help? Because <laughs> those are the juiciest carp in the ocean. Yeah, it's high interest because we're also, asking. Also, you know I mean? we don't plan on paying it back. So the interest rate is a bit pointless. <laughs> Whatever can get Thomas thrown in the slammer fast enough. 
Thomas, I hope you didn't hear any of that. Thank you to Natalie Hampshire. Natalie Hampshire is a straight-up hamster. I don't know how she got the pod. I don't know how she's listening. An AirPod is like the size of my hamster's brain. She thought an AirPod was an acorn. She stuffed it in her little pouch and she just hears the podcast on accident now. Wow. Great to have your support. Please spread the good word through the hamster community. Thank you to Daniel Shepard. Daniel Shepard, you will be the shepherd to the wardens of the eggs. Uh, when the wardens of the eggs get out of line, you need to shepherd them into order. Yeah. That would um, be great. Of course, you will be overlooked by the drill sergeant of the shepherds of the wardens of the eggs. Yeah. Uh, so watch out for that. Again, there is no hierarchy in the comic. Thank you, lastly but not leastly, to Joanna Williams. Joanna Williams wants a man with billions. <laughs> Uh, you've come to categorically the wrong place, Joanna, because everyone here at the commune had to surrender their worldly wealth at the door. That is true. Yeah, but I will say, Joanna, that, look, there is a high possibility that I have a pretty high-interest loan coming through in the next couple days. If you stick around, that billion might just show up. So, you know, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Thank you to everyone that we shouted out. Um, we really appreciate the support on Patreon. It's the only way that this show can get any money at all. So we really do appreciate it. If you want to check out how you can get involved, the links are all in the description of this podcast right now. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. Remember everyone in the commune that in life, you got to live fast, you got to investigate, and you got to die young, motherfuckers. Sorry, that was a pretty aggressive uh, outro, actually. But thank you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.